My name is Grace, and I'm calling in because I wanted to complain about this show you got on your hosting service that I've been hearing. It's full of the devil, is what I have to say about it. Okay, Grace. Well, um, I definitely understand and hear your concerns. Uh, You're saying that the show has a lot of talk about the devil. Could you uh, elaborate more on that for me? Well, these gentlemen, they call themselves the ATI Podcast, and they've got this... This show, this Brandon guy with his his bits about his little tiny D&Ds and his minis that he shows. He probably shows them up his ass, to be honest with you. But, you know, he's he's got this just god-awful, this little baby. It's like a baby's head on a shark body. And it's got nipples and it's it's lactating. And it's... It's going to turn the children gay. Well, ma'am, I definitely understand your concern there. Uh, um, but, uh, well... Uh, Not only is it going to turn my kids gay, but it's going to turn my grandkids gay and their grandkids gay. And this is just going to keep going on because everything on the Internet lives forever. And and I just can't have the kids being turned gay. Well, I understand that, ma'am. Uh, unfortunately, uh, there is a creative... A creative freedom to, for for people and podcasters, so we can't really control the content that's put out as long as they're not breaking any laws or rules. But uh, I definitely hear your concern. They're breaking the law. I can tell you that they're breaking God's law. It ain't right. It ain't natural. Everything that I see, and this this fellow, he calls himself whole boy sometimes, and he talks about he makes a mockery of Christ, and he even dresses up like him in ladies' garments, and it makes me question my own sexual interests and i'll be goddamned if i'll have my own sexual interests question in my life well that's understandable ma'am that's definitely understandable i went ahead and made notes about the the baby headed shark with the nipples and all the holes and the hells and the demons and goblins and i'll definitely uh, make sure i get those to my uh, superiors and we'll try to get your issue taken care of we'll investigate this matter further and you make sure you t- you tell your superiors that this this boy is just a deviant from Alistair Crawley's nutsack. And he needs to be, he himself needs to be taken out, tawed and feathered like we used to in the old days to solve our problems. He needs to learn, he needs to put the power of God, the fear of God installed in him because 
everything he's doing is sacrilegious and it's not right. It's not natural. And he's turning everybody gay. All right, so I went ahead and added, uh, we need to crucify him to the notes. So that's no problem. Yeah, like I said, I'll get this straight to the super, or our superiors and we'll do our best to get our, your issue taken care of and we'll get back with you. Oh, God bless you, young man. You, you're just a beacon of hope and pray. And I'll be praying for you tonight. And I'm sure you have to deal with people like this all the time. And oh, God bless you. I'm a, you're going to be in my prayers tonight. Well, I appreciate that, man. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the ATI Podcast. We've got some special material ahead for you here. We've got episode 100 in the works. We've got Barrett here and Josh as usual. But this is not Brian Jones. This is my brother, Aaron Lewis. <laughs> not the famed lead singer of Stank. Almost as good. Yeah, almost Just, as good. Well, yeah. you didn't kill this quite last, as many coyotes. This left right <laughs> Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, Perfect. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... A part of like the surprise that we had planned for this evening with Brian Jones was that uh, Aaron, my brother, was going to be on the show as well because that's how I became friends with Brian was because Aaron and Brian were friends first. They went to they're in the same class in school and stuff, and uh, that's how we kind of this whole thing started to begin with. And we referred to that in our first episode with Brian in the first season, one of our early guests too. I think he was on episode ten. Yeah, it was early. Me correct. It was one so of the earlier ones, yeah. You know, here we are, 90, 90 episodes earlier, and and Brian was to come back. Uh, Brian had some technical difficulties with his travel this evening, and uh, therefore he's not even getting off whatever flight he had scheduled until like ten p.m. our time. So we're in the central time zone. It's eight now, so uh, things aren't working out at this very moment for him to do this live stream at this minute. Uh, we do have plans to do something with Brian still yet in contribution but it's just that's why you're not seeing him right now he'll so, be back <laughs> yeah we're gonna we're gonna make the best of what time we got here right now and uh we were i was actually pretty excited to actually have aaron on the podcast because we haven't had him on here previously so this is a first time for aaron as well yeah and i missed him on thanksgiving so it's good to see yeah you. thanks you did. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> i did yeah yeah <laughs> i know that aaron yeah. You, yeah we did we good did. I know that you like listen to the show as a fan, and uh, I know you've like even made comments to me like randomly of, of things that you've listened to and liked. And Josh and I were having a conversation before we actually started recording. You hopped on the call about the fact that it would be kind of actually cool to like pick from your perspective because like I like obviously you haven't been on yet, so you've been listening as a fan and some things maybe that you've enjoyed or conversations in particular or something that you like really took away from the podcast so far. It's Really interesting hearing the different perspectives of different uh, types of uh, entertainers and or producers that you've had on, um, notably um, some of the film uh, workers that you've had on that kind of give a better insight on what it takes to really uh, make and the work that goes into even just the finer details of uh, scenes that you could just overlook all day, um, but those were intentional, intentionally done. Uh, right. Also, hearing from uh, you know, your everybody on this call right now has been in a band or is in a band or plans on continuing to play music. Uh, hearing, um, kind of the uh, from the other side of the door um, from a lot of DIY bands um, that are basically putting their foot forward to make momentum or at least uh, produce uh, everything from their own pockets uh, and themselves in general. Um, so I don't know, it's just a huge uh, insight 
more or less. Um, right. Outside of uh, just general banter of, you know, favorite films and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Um, also, there's so I, many knowledge nuggets that come from, you know, all these episodes anyway. Yeah. So. Sure. Even as stupid as we can be sometimes in the silly conversations we can get into, like, we always accidentally find something new or interesting with each episode, I feel like. Yeah, like, I've learned a ton right. over the last two years that we've even been doing this, you know what I mean? Right. And met some really awesome people, so it's been such a pleasure. <laughs> yeah. I know, like, back in the day when we were doing this, too, you probably caught some of that, you know, 12, 13, I guess it's almost 14 years now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I know the show is, like, quite, quite different than what it used to be. <laughs> uh, I think it would be kind of funny to hear, yeah. like, whenever I was telling you, like, when we were going to do this show again, like, what you thought the show might be versus how it ultimately ended up being, like, were your expectations the same? I enjoy, um, I'm, and obviously I'm not um, taking any digs at any prior uh, episodes and all that stuff, but, uh, I think that it's came together uh, a lot more and there's a sense of uh, directive in conversation um, that is a, seems a little bit easier to keep up with um, as far as just uh, listening and being on the same page. And yeah, so I feel like yeah. um, I think a general sense of direction was a really big uh, step up um, since you guys have been back and makes for an easier listen. and. Um, yeah. Obviously, everybody has their own opinions and all that stuff, but uh, you know, and it's not even censoring yourselves, but just having a more um, general uh, idea and/or opinion instead of uh, it's, you know, you can listen. There's a lot of podcasts that uh, I will I'll try to listen to, and then it just gets on these tangents of personal opinion, and then it almost becomes an argument. Like yeah. A little thing, and it's like right. Yeah, that's not why I popped on this bullet. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And I think we struggled with this early on. Was like we were like very concerned with like having things like factually accurate from like news reports right. and having sources detailed and that sort of thing. Where I think we like right. kind of started to walk away from that. Not to say like we're not trying to talk about factual things, but like, you know, we do our current event segment and we we try to talk about you know, what's happening in the world and like how it's affecting us or what our opinions of the situations are just because these mm -hmm. are like water cooler conversations that everybody has at work. Right. Right. And sometimes yeah. when people have those conversations, they're not like as informed as they probably should be to have a more well-rounded opinion. So yeah. the intent was always to provide more facts. Educate it, people. To, if you're going to have those conversations with the coworker at work at the water cooler or drunk uncle at the holiday giving, you know, event that's taking place at the time so i think like we've definitely started to like lean a little bit toward that purpose rather than try to be like news right because whenever you're right. producing a show like we do and we put out an episode once a week it's like how, how can you possibly even cover all the news that took place in a week as well <laughs> and, yeah you no, know it's crazy especially man. like uh right now the amount that comes in like uh, you know social media especially is a huge tool for that and so you have instant access to everything i have almost in real time so it's yeah. hard to keep right. up you know <laughs> yeah i mean i will say like once like something big is going on like there's some big like controversial topic regardless of how important it is or isn't I will yeah. I will hop on Twitter and be like hashtag this thing, 
and I will just keep refreshing it, and within five minutes, I will know pretty much everything that's happening, yeah. at least yeah. as far as everybody knows in the world at that right. time. At least enough to give a educated opinion or, you know, sure. be the consensus of whatever is actually happening. Yeah. Right. And people got to weed through the uh, headline grounds as well. Like, that's such sure. a, the secondhood issue in general. Yeah. Um, Everything's drive towards clicks, and you have to be able to get clicks, and people do clickbaity things. Uh, I mean, news mm-hmm. organizations have been doing it forever. Um, the sensationalism in newspapers that dates back hundreds of years. The climate sinker on the headlines, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that goes on in the podcast world, too, specifically. I know, like, I, I we were fans, Aaron, when we were kids. I know for sure, uh, like, Conan, The Wrestler, and uh, Disco Inferno, mm-hmm. WCW, they got yeah. their own podcast. Like, they're one of my top three podcast listeners in general because – I feel like nice. they were definitely one of my inspirations to actually come and do a podcast again because these guys, they're friends. They've been friends for decades. Fits the bill here, right? And they talk about everything that right. they have an interest in. And we used to do that and we knew we could do a more mature version of that. So, but what I like about them is that they will talk about controversial topics. And I feel like we try to do that sometimes. Sometimes, you know, the conversation doesn't always get there. Um, you know, but we like to, you know, play devil's advocate sometimes, you know, sometimes I will take an opinion on the show, like whenever in the first season, when we did our ATI podcast for president episode 41, you know, we did a thing about the death penalty Yeah, and I do have some like very specific opinions about the death penalty, but I kind of leaned a little bit harder in a direction that maybe isn't like 100% my opinion, just so that everybody could hear everything from everybody. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you got to play devil's advocate. Yeah. So Nobody wants to hear a room full of people you know? like agreeing with each other. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I that's, that's debatable. Like, well, yeah, that's fair. Here. Yeah. 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 Nowadays, it's uh, goddamn, you're a fucking martyr to have even ten percent of a different opinion than other people in a lot of social settings. Personally, I find a trend in those or in that um, on that subject, and it's usually people that don't have or that are not very knowledgeable. Um, of certain situations, 100%. just repeat some, uh, you know, rhetoric that's been used over and over and over again, just so they can see where everybody else stands, so they can immediately make a judgment on character sure. based on something that doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> like, Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, well, it's a funny example, and I might have brought this up whenever you were home for Thanksgiving or popped in on that surprise visit couple weeks ago and uh i sometimes i like to like whenever i meet new people intentionally have a controversial conversation just to see where somebody's at or how they react to it definitely how they react to (laughs) it's a huge part of it it goes back to a lot of things like memories that we were sharing at the party which we'll get into some of that today but it's like i don't know i just kind of like enjoy watching people squirm sometimes it's kind of you know (laughs) it just i have that in me a little bit uh, you know so uh, we were sort of thing or theater. I, I guess so. Yeah. Well, to be honest with you, like I'm a guy that has to like people are always throwing shit at me and like my my day job constantly, and I'm always having to, like yeah. think on my feet in the most ridiculous situations. And like I think I have pretty good poise, but like yeah, I, I, mean, I don't know if it's like the little shit with, in me. You know? yeah. yeah. I get yeah. it. I get it. That I'm like, I'm going to go, I'm going to be that guy now, you know? Yeah. But in the spring, I went to go check out Mondo Franco's short that he had 
uh, X Massacre because they were debuting it at a short film festival for St. Louis area filmmakers at the Arcade and Cinema, which is the micro cinema right next door to the Heavy Anchor. So you're like, okay. if you haven't been there, you're probably familiar at least where it's at. And um, so, like, if you actually if you go out in the back of the Heavy Anchor, there's like a little patio area, like where you can smoke and stuff. And then off to the side, there's a little gravel lot. And that's actually technically Arcaden's outdoor screening area where they would actually hold outdoor screenings like in the summertime and stuff. Yeah, they'll do like little flea markets and things like they did like an oddities thing there once. They did like an art exhibit thing there once. They, it's really cool. Like, yeah, they're, they're really great people. There. And I really like their approach to how they're doing yeah. it too. Yeah. So but, it's a really uh, cool spot. Yeah, there's a lot of like synergy between them and the Heavy Anchor. They do a lot of stuff in, right. in juncture with one another, but... Uh, for this event specifically, it was their first like big indoor screening, and so like they have a capacity there. And I pull up, and the place is like busy, jam packed, and I'm like, "Oh shit! All these people that made these movies in this area brought everybody that they knew or who they could get to come out to this thing." Like I didn't even think I was going to get in, and it was kind of shoulder to shoulder, but I got in. And uh, one of the early shorts that I watched was this guy doing H.P. Lovecraft story. He was kind of doing. Uh, a couple different stories, but there there was a main story of H.P. Lovecraft that he was he was following a little bit. Afterward, I had happened to see the guy. He was out like mingling with the people, like trying to get their opinions of his his short. I was up at the bar talking to Mondo, and uh, Tony Michael, friend of the show, of course, was there too. He had met up with me at at, at some point. We were getting some drinks, and this kid came up to me and said. Uh, Oh, hey, did you watch my short? I'm like, yeah, actually, you had the uh, H.P. Lovecraft one because he, like, starred in it also, directed it, edited it. I mean, he did, like, everything. Yeah. And uh, I was like, yeah, man. I was like, I'm pretty familiar with H.P. Lovecraft work. I said, I haven't touched on any of it, like, in the last 15 years, but, like, I was pretty heavy into it about 15, 16 years ago. I said, and I think you, like, did the material justice in the sense, but uh, how do you feel about all the racism? <laughs> and <Right>. he just, <laughs> he was like, oh, yeah. oh. And the people that own the Arcade were at the bar watching. Yeah. And like, I saw that my audience was the, the owners of the Arcade and Cinema. Uh, Mondo, I think, might have been in the background. Logan Cole might have been in the background. Tony on my side. Tony about fucking pissed himself. He started laughing <laughs> so fucking hard. He had to go, almost, he had to like dip out in the kitchen. Yeah, and, like, and you know, Tony uh, doesn't have a lot of restraint when it comes to that either. So. Nah. No, uh, Tony was a uh, little mini Salminio. Uh, he was <laughs> laughing his ass off, man. It was hilarious. That's great. But, uh, I mean, the kid composed himself and answered, you know, pretty decently, you know. And I was like, I get it. You know, it was the times and that sort of thing. So he wasn't mm -hmm. doing anything out of character for anybody in his status at the time. Yeah, like a middle class yeah. white guy. Right. You know, I, I kind of say that to to say this, you know, it's, it is it is kind of important sometimes to, like, check people and see where they stand. Uh, if you're not having those difficult conversations, like you can't grow, I don't think, and you can't, well, you know, sure. it's kind of like yeah. that sharpened by iron sort of mindset. But yeah, a lot of what we used to do in the past, uh, uh, it was probably a little bit even more controversial at that time. You know, to get yeah, I mean, I just re-listened to some, re-listening some of it. I've had, I probably said a few <laughs> controversial things probably in just ten minutes of listening to what I listened to. So yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a whole there, other uh, animal like, now. So. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Like a lot of like what we were talking about at that time was like the formation and rise uh, of ISIS in Syria and, uh, you know, kind of like the big news things like our big, our big enemy was the Tea Party at the time. Yeah, the fucking Tea Party. Heavy. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. you know, so 
and yeah, it's all it's all same shit, different toilet now. Yep. You know, you just got a different name slapped on it. You know, yep. so now yeah. everybody's you know going on about Hamas and and uh, we're we're talking yeah. about MAGA. You know, <laughs> so yeah, all MAGA is the new swastika, baby. What they're called yeah. anymore? <laughs> Fascism twenty twenty four, right? Get it. Get it. So it, it, yeah, it's uh, weird times we're living in. It is very strange, yeah. And so, you know, it's especially with having kids, man, trying to have those conversations with kids even, you know what I mean? Because, like, my kids go to a small rural area, and they hear they mm-hmm. hear opinions that clearly come from the parents and not the kids yeah. themselves, because the kids are not informed enough to have any kind of opinion on that. And then, you know, you come home and you try to have the other side of that conversation with your kids. It's even tough there, you know what I mean? So Right. I would, one thing that I do appreciate, um, even though it's, just, I mean, it's on the topic of the kids thing. Is uh, we were pretty fortunate enough to have both sides of the fence. <laughs> Whenever it came I was going to say, uh, yeah, like oh, opinion. you guys did growing up, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, our dad was much more yeah. liberal than uh, our mother, so uh, we See, I didn't get that. Both like... sides. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it yeah. was funny. Dad was extremely liberal on most things, but there were a few things that he was like pretty conservative about, and especially like when um, Dad got older. I don't. He like took this like weird conservative turn again. I don't. I don't know how to describe it, but um, well, that's, that, that's the whole thing, though. Like getting more conservative as you get older, but yeah, I guess that's yeah. just more of a uh, write-off than anything. Well, I mean, I get we can talk about like the polar opposites of our parents and our upbringing. That's kind of you know, I think it kind of helped level us out as people in general, like adults mm-hmm. in general, though too. You well, know? you had to think twice as hard. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> no shit how, about that. How the hell am I gonna get? A, how the hell am I gonna get out of this one? Or how, how they find this out? <laughs> right, right, exactly. I I know some of the things. Like again, we were talking about like whenever you were back home too. Uh, was like some of the fond memories of growing up, and like some of the silly shit that we did. Even uh, I guess this is like early in my adulthood and in your late teen years. But like the shit that we would do, just like make up little rumors and things like that to get people talking and. And uh, just kind of see yeah. how it's it's more of a uh, sociological experiment is kind of the way I always looked at it. It wasn't like malicious and the rumors were against ourselves. Oh, exactly. Right, you like start yeah. something. Yeah. It wasn't it came back to there you. Was no, no. <laughs> there was no malicious intent towards anything. It was literally out of boredom. <laughs> yeah, right. Small town boredom, right? Right. Oh yeah, and, and and that's that's was, a, uh, we we did good. We did a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, well, I, it kind of ties in with what you're saying, Josh, too, is like living up in a small area, though, too, is you, some of the opinions that you get are, um, again, usually not informed opinions or uneducated opinions. It's not to say that ignorance is only in a small town, because that's not true either. Right. Uh, you know, yeah. it's everywhere, and it, it's every it's shape, color, out, size. You know? Right. Well, actually, I was, that's interesting, because you live in Illinois, right? Right. So, like, how different is it politically, culturally out there than it is in Missouri? Is it pretty similar in rural Illinois, or? So you got to look for it here, at least. I'm going to be honest. Um, a lot of the time, I just uh, avoid most of that. Like, if I'm in public, I'm usually uh, in the moment talking right. yeah. uh, versus trying to pick brands. Because um, although the area um, that I'm in, Okay, I'll put it to you this way. So, air, like, the area that I'm in is basically kind of how Ironton is set up, where it's, like, Arcadia Valley, Pilot Knob, Ironton. Um, right. 
right. but we but we have but like take each of those towns and it, there's at least uh, thirty thousand or more in each of those, and it's all here. So there's roughly ninety thousand people in this general vicinity, and uh, right. everybody does their best to mind their own business, which is pretty cool. So as far that as cool. um, general consensus goes, the only thing political that I have seen uh, as far as being forward or outright about it um, is literally just uh, during um, a lot of the BLM type movements, um, there was yeah. a considerable amount of uh, corner protesting out in front of the police stations. There was no contest to them, though. There was no, like, you know, save our kids versus Black Lives Matter. Right. Like at right, all, right? It was whoever was protesting. That's all there was, and right. I can appreciate that factor. Um, sure. Would I mean I would imagine they would probably they probably got the finger and people are like screaming out them out the window like let's go Brandon or something for it. But like sure, uh, sure. And yeah, I so in that regard, um, it seems to be. I I prefer it that way. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah. As you stated, being a small town, everybody having a general, uh, or at least similar opinion. Um, right. There's a lot of, uh, everybody brings it up. Cause, sure. Because they can. Well, and, right. everybody knows everybody, at least through somebody, is kind of like the right. problem, at least in this area, too. Yeah, and, and what you're talking about, as far as your population relative to here, so we're talking about towns that, you know, have a thousand one of them has like eight or nine hundred. The other one has like fourteen hundred. Whereas, yeah, so you're talking like thirty times the size. You yeah, know? so you're in a pretty yeah. populated area still. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and it doesn't seem like that. Like I really like. I always call it like the the biggest little city in the area. Um, it would basically be like the equivalent of like Reno, like tiny, but there's a lot gotcha. going on. Big diversity groups, um, and there's a little bit of yeah. everything for everybody. So. It's cool. So, and to drive, yeah, drive on the point we were kind of touching on earlier, like some of the intent of the show to like coming back was to provide like the boots on the ground perspective of people, like what's actually happened. Like, cause you, again, you watch the news and sometimes it's all, well, more majority of the time it's all gloom and doom. You know, it's like all these bad things are happening versus sounds like a pretty pleasant experience that you're having day to day up there. You know, it's not, you know, too, too much crazy stuff going on. I mean, I'm not right. sure we could report on the negative things, but, um, you know, this is, this is everyday life, you know, so some people don't have that perspective mm -hmm. and, and see some of those extreme examples. And, um, you know, we can report on positive things as well. We don't, it doesn't always have to be, be negative. negative, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You get a lot more energy out of somebody whenever it comes to something negative. So, you know, um, yeah, yeah. well, you know, in, in my profession, I see a lot of that too. It's, it's like you always hear from like the, the negative people and it's nobody ever takes the time to tell you to do a good job. You know, like it's the people that have something negative to say, I'd say it's often mm -hmm. like 10 to one, like it's pretty staggering. Right. You know, and uh, news and news headlines and, and that sort of things being sold the same way. And uh, you can just look at it. You have to take a polarizing opinion one way or the other. It's all conjecture nowadays. It's not, you know, these are the facts that's happened on this date at this time. And left it at that. Now everybody, there's these pundits and opinions, right. and it's just all opinion, especially whenever they had to make up material for 24-hour news networks as well. 
Only thing I want to know is how many uh, Republican debates is CNN going to do? Uh, well, the last one was on, well, they did one, didn't they? I think they have, yeah, but I think they're going to do another. I think they they're bouncing around on the network. Yeah, yeah. Are they bouncing they just around? just did, uh, the, whatever <laughs> network O'Reilly's on now, News, News something? I just News love, Max, I love something it. Something like that? It's just funny. But anyway. Yeah. And some of the clips, every time, I usually try to watch those, but, um, I didn't watch the one that was Tuesday night. It was either Tuesday night or last night. I get confused. I think it was last night because was Trump's thing on Fox on was Tuesday. Night. <laughs> Say, yeah, I, uh, Chris Christie and went, Vivek were going at it pretty hard. They <laughs> went on, uh, went on the, went on Max, and it was like, "Watch this now!" And I'm like, "I'm watching the Boondocks." Sorry. There you go. Yeah. There you there go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just some of the funny things that was coming out. Like, uh, I guess everything, everything that everybody's running with uh, from Trump's, because every time there's a Republican debate, like primary debate, right now, Trump does his own thing. Either the night before or the night after. It has like a rally or some right. kind of speech. Yeah, so I mean, he was on Hannity. Yeah, it's so interesting. <laughs> like a, such a weird approach. But well, he won't, what he, does. He, won't, he won't debate the other people because he sees them as being beneath him. And the polls don't say any right, differently. I was going to so, say, he, should, he sees know? gains by with not being on the debate. Exactly. So... Putting himself on the debate stage is a risk because he's still gaining without the debates. Right. In the polls. In my opinion. That's no, it's not opinion. opinion. That's exactly what's happening. That's what's <laughs> funny about this. <laughs> you know what? Like, uh, diversion, 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 you know? So, and uh, if you can sell it, right. you, you yeah. I guess. That's, yeah, that's crazy, man. Like, yeah. It does I mean, not play well with others. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I mean that's that's a known fact at this point. Uh, I think the big you're, thing that everybody's you're, you're running. With, I don't want to talk to you. Don't even look at me. If you want to do that, they don't even like you. <laughs> exactly. That's pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good. That's pretty decent. I guess everybody's like latching onto this dictator thing because it's day one. Well, <laughs> you got to understand like social media what it'll do. And I'm not trying to defend the guy, but he did like walk around for like five minutes and not even address the question initially. When he was on Hannity, yeah, and then eventually Hitler, the clip that they took, right? Exactly. And don't forget, Hitler's been what seven years it, in prison before he was become Chancellor of Germany. He that? he spent seven years yeah. in prison before he became oh, yeah. Chancellor. Yeah. So just, we got a long time. Clear, to okay, just so we're clear, I'm not uh, comparing the guy to him. I'm just right. more or less that uh, that is a well, public the, the approach. That yeah. Yes. That, um, the art of uh, you know engagement with your um, peers in general. Uh, right. I, I, I read into Hitler's like uh, tactics and whatnot. Like basically, the, the, there's a book that I forget the name of it, but it basically talks about um, how he actually um, gained uh, the momentum and traction in his uh, community and the state in general. And a lot of it is right. just literally like psycho. Uh, analytical tactics that are um, right. subtle, subconscious, and, and just draws people in without them even realizing it. Yeah. So, right. Who knows? Maybe they read that book over the over the summer. Yeah. Right. And you're right in to say that there's not a comparison between Hitler and Trump, but there is a lot of parallels well, again, with the rise the, of Hitler yeah, the, and Trump. It will, a lot of it goes back to the tactics, and that's like a lot of what's being used. Uh, 
I, that that psychoanalytic piece that you're talking about, Aaron, I, I, I'm familiar with it because I actually just had heard somebody else talking about this. And I'm, in fact, they might have actually been talking about it on Conan Disco's podcast, how um, there was a person who actually, I think it was, I want to say it's Freud's cousin, maybe, or some, some relation to Freud, actually like wrote some shit that basically they used in some like SS stuff. And now is a part of like marketing handbooks, oh, like Jesus. what they actually use in marketing on purpose hey, to like psychologically totally trick people. You know what you wrote about everybody having mother issues. I can make up stuff. Too. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 Yeah. So it's kind of, it's kind of funny to like follow those breadcrumb trails yeah. and see how it's actually littered. Like, you know, people are like probably ingesting some of that, you know, to some extent, the same tactics that were used like in the fucking SS and, you know the not the Nazi party and what have you in Germany is uh, you know why you bought these Nikes this week <laughs> you know Man, I love my Nikes no. <laughs> I'll lick a boot for these Nikes Hell yeah. <laughs> let's touch on some uh, some other funny shit uh, so one of these stories that we told at the at the party the other night too just kind of like lean back into that comment earlier of us doing stuff to to entertain ourselves in a small town of course uh, one time. Aaron uh, had a girlfriend, and uh, I told him we, we decided to fuck with Ridge. So everybody knows Ridge on the podcast now. And uh, we, I had a laptop, and I was like, hey, I'm going to set your girlfriend's profile picture. It was like probably MySpace at the time. I don't even think we were like probably really on Facebook uh, yet. At least for yeah. MySpace, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to set your girlfriend's profile picture on the back as my background, and like you're gonna, I want you to act like you're pissed off about it. I said, and we'll, we'll go outside, and we'll act like we're having a tussle or whatever, and we'll freak Ridge out. And you're like, immediately you're like, okay. And I didn't have to explain any more than that. And we were pretty much off to the races. So Ridge came over and I got the laptop out and I was like, Hey man, come over here, take a look at this. And you, you sat down next to me and you're like, what the fuck dude? <laughs> and like shoved me. And I'm like, what man? I, I think she's hot. <laughs> and Ridge was like, looking at me like, what the fuck's happening right now? Ridge looked like he was like, like seeing stars, in the corner, like, you know? Uh... He was tripping. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, okay, let's, let's kind of like, I don't know. We just like naturally went through this. It wasn't like we had to tell each other like what to do. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We watched a lot of, uh, we watched enough wrestling to, you know. I was going to say, it. yeah. Yeah. Your wrestling influences. Yeah, definitely. Like we took it outside <laughs> and we had us a little fake, like stone cold. It was, I, I was basically trying to be Booker T while I was letting him be stone cold in the shopping market. Essentially. Once we made it outside. You know, oh, yeah. we, the only thing we were missing was probably a two gallon of milk, but <laughs> I had him slapping yeah, me off the side of the house. Two and, uh, of milk and a banana. And I rigid ended up like walking out there like, oh, oh my God, like kind of freaking out and like, hey man, we're just fucking with you. He's yeah, like, he was oh. literally about to leave. <laughs> yeah, he was about, yeah, he was about to leave for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'm going to get out of here. That's hilarious. Yeah. Going so these are kind of like, fight or flight, baby. Yeah, I told him he needed to call in tonight so we could pick on him too. But uh, yeah, we uh, the other funny thing I wanted to bring up that we did too was, uh, and, and again, this like goes back into like we're just making fun of ourselves, right? So yeah. uh, I don't I don't know why we thought it was a good idea, but we did. I think it was like some girl I was dating at the time, and it was it was kind of a trashy situation or whatever. And uh, yeah, I was like, hey, it'd be it really was somebody funny. that you were like talking to or something. It was like. It was, really yeah, it was nothing serious. Right. right, exactly right. It was nothing serious. But I was just like, hey, it'd be really funny if like we just said like 
I was going to be a dad, and I could like we could like just kind of like walk away from this thing. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Uh, it was we told everybody that it was some like thirty something year old lady. It was like some random oh, yeah, like lady that you hooked up with. Yeah, it was like a yeah. random hookup and coming back to yeah. Just, like yeah, and she got pregnant. So this is probably yeah. like two thousand seven or eight, maybe okay. eight, yeah. maybe yeah. Yeah, so somewhere in that ballpark, like 2008. So f- flash forward about a year later, I meet my now wife. Well, I say meet. We knew each other from school and stuff, but we, we started dating. Uh, and like early on, like within the first few weeks of dating, she uh, her sisters, she tells her sister, younger sister, who she's dating. And she's like, oh, Barrett Lewis, Aaron Lewis's older brother? And she's like, yeah, well, you know he has a baby, right? <laughs> and this is just something like we just put on like one like MySpace. Like MySpace used to I don't remember the like, phrase um, of it. It was like a Yeah. Well you could you, you could put stuff on your wall, but then there was like a timeline thing that everybody could see from what I remember. Yeah, couldn't like people sign your profile too or something like that? Didn't people used to like well, come they, and sign they your profile? Comments on your profile. Yeah. There, there was a like um if there was like a message Almost, board or something, yes, on it, yeah, you had to like you had to click on it actually to read whatever it was, right? So, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm thinking it was that like once that was implemented because we were like done with MySpace just a few months after this, but it was like a newer yeah, feature that, that we, had like it was a story something or something at one point that was right, like, it was like nothing that was like hey look at this like we never exactly. promoted it. It was just like like it was in detail. passing. Yeah. And I started getting messages, and uh, particularly, like, this girl that we're talking about at the time, she, like, was messaging me, like, well, you're going to be a dad? And I'm like, oh, yeah, man. And, well, who is she? Well, that's not important. We don't really, know, you know. It was just <laughs> like a, a one-night stand. To, oh, well, congratulations. Yep, yep, I'm just going to be moving on forward with my life with that. Well, again, back flash forwarded to Pam talking to her sister. So mm-hmm. Pam comes to me, and, and uh, Pam says... Well, uh, my sister told me that you have a kid, and I'm like, I, I totally forgot about the whole thing <laughs> that it even oh, yeah. happened. We just did it like there was a few messages, like a few days following, you know, and that was the end of it. Like yeah. nobody explored it any further, and we just thought it was a dead thing. Yeah, and totally forgot about I, it. Moved on with our lives. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. a year later, I got my now wife like grilling me, like, "Well, where's who's your kid? And who'd you have your kid with?" And I'm like. I guess she thought I seemed like kind of invasive, evasive at first, as if I was like lying about it. I'm like, no, like, I the only thing I could be thinking of is this one time me and my brother like played this prank and said that I had a kid, but like it was only like a select few people I think knew about that. <laughs> so somehow it made its rounds, I guess, All at the school and Pam's little sister, who's like, uh, I think she's got to be close to ten years younger than her, knew about it and like shared it back around with the family whenever I started courting her that I had a child out of wedlock. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And that just goes that back to that small town rural area stuff. That yes. kind of plays right into that though. Mm-hmm. Everybody talks, you know what I mean? Yeah. Telephone, telephone. Everybody knows somebody. Well, uh, since mm-hmm. Brian was supposed to be our guest, uh, guest of honor here, and I know you probably listened to the episode that we did with Brian previously. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't able able to share too many of your guys' stories specifically, and I know he would be able to add more to it if he was here on the call today. But uh, what are like your early memories of meeting Brian and uh, and that sort of stuff, and and what from your perspective, like how you guys hit it off? 
I want to say the first time that me and Brian even uh, interacted and or like even, you know, exchanged names, I guess, uh, I had to have been like second or third grade. Um, and I was like drawing or something. I don't know. I was like drawing something or whatever. And then I, I can't remember exactly. Like I know that we were approximately to, to each other. I want to say that he it, like said something to me first, but then I was just like, who are you? Because, like, you're not usually in my class kind of thing. And then, yeah. uh, <laughs> so then it was, uh, well, what are you doing? Oh, I'm drawing. Like, can you draw? Yeah, I can draw. And the next thing you know, like, Brian's drawing. And I was just like, Brian's really good at drawing. Like, I need to get good yeah. at drawing like Brian. <laughs> kind of thing. And then, um, yeah. So that's where we, and I think we initially got along. And then a couple great, like, you know, the next couple years in the hallway, this and that kind of got to be friends and then I think about fourth grade uh, is whenever we really started being friends and then all through middle school got better and better friends um, yeah I know that you're probably about to go into the uh, some of our specific memories that stick out um, sure I think probably my top number one memory of Brian is probably um, in I don't know if I should say names on here or not. It's not really anything incriminating. It just says what it is. Uh, yeah. But um, we're also all kids. So take that as far yeah. as worth. Well, um, one time, just, we'll just, I'll just leave it at first names. So one time this uh, dude, Josh, uh, was picking on uh, one of my, my and Brian's mutual friends at the time. Uh, his name is Willie. So Josh decides that he's going to pick on him. Um, and we're out the blue floors. Uh, in the gym, and Brian didn't really like that, so he ended up, like, jumping over um, like some people down to where Josh yeah. was, and you fucking punched him right in the eyeball, like, no hesitation. <laughs> uh, yeah. Didn't, didn't miss a beat. Um, so that's probably, like, one of my favorites, for real. Um, but, yeah, outside of that, just, like, you know, playing, like, we call, we talk to each other on the phone, like, almost daily like hours at a time forever just talk about nothing yeah. I Dude, tell you this I you always wanted like, to be an entertainer and always wanted to rap and sing and like that's where he is yeah. now so. I, I'm glad that you brought up that story because I feel like that's some of like what we shared on that episode that he was on was the fact that he was a guy and I probably didn't lean into it enough that always like leaned into like doing the right thing as far as like treating people the right way and that mm -hmm. sort of stuff, and any slight, you know, uh, yeah, slighting of anybody mm -hmm. else, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it, even if it was a friend, like, not even maybe even, a, like, a good friend of his, but somebody he was on good terms with, like, he would always stand up for, like, the little guy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he's always been that type of guy, which I think we feel like we're that, that way, and I think that might be, like, maybe one of the strongest things that all kind of, like, binds us together is that, uh, you know, the only people that get picked on are the people that deserve it, you know? Yeah, for sure. Right? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's nothing wrong with a little good uh, razz in here and there. Yeah, yeah but between friends, so, yeah, that don't count. Yeah, but, yeah, no, uh, really no sense in being a piece of shit, <laughs> you know? Right, right. And if you're going right. to be a piece of shit, you're going to get treated like one, so. Absolutely. Right, right. Comes with the territory. Yeah. I know he wasn't ever afraid to throw hands when it, when it came time, so that's the kind of guy you want in your, yeah. uh, in he's, your corner, He's too. always been A-type. 
Yeah, one time he punched this kid named Jesse in the face because he, like, touched his balls or something. Uh, <laughs> like, That's a pretty valid something. reason. <laughs> yeah. It was, it, was a, it was a pretty funny time. He literally just, the uh, dude started messing with him and tried to, like, I guess, like, wrestle with him or something. Which, like, I don't want to do this kind of thing. And, and he yeah. was just, like, he just said something along the way and she's like, you motherfucker, you just touched my balls and then just turned around and like hit him right in the nose and he just like went back into the recycling bin, like inside of the recycling bin. <laughs> so that's pretty good. And uh, I don't oh, think Brian cool. got any kind of punishment for that, actually. Uh, I think the other kid actually got in trouble for that. So, yeah, like, good for you. Uh, yeah, occasionally those things work out, you know. I've only yeah. had that happen a few times in my life where I also did something bad but nothing happened to me and I Probably should have also gotten in trouble. It was you know? bad. I seem like I always got in trouble for shit that I was never doing. Like, I remember one time they uh, there was this kid named Russell, and they stole, like, a Viagra or something and put it in his chocolate milk at school. And because I was right. sitting at the table, I also got expelled. Well, because you, no one you are on each always other. a victim, Josh. Right. So. You get that victim <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Always playing victim. No doubt about that. It's one thing we all know about you, Josh. Yeah, it's true. Head <laughs> for the action, I stay for the victimization. You know? Yeah, that's there right. You there that's you right. Yeah. I see about you got some. You my victim. We got we got there back behind you. You slapping on some stuff back there? You got some? You got a kit back there? Oh, wow. Uh, can't see it very well. You jumps? Yeah, it's my electric kit, and then my... Hell, yeah. My hat sack over here. There's a whiteboard on the side that's got a bunch of gibberish scribbled on it that makes right. sense. Uh, you, still, uh, you still actively writing and yeah. playing and stuff? Cool, yeah. man. Great. That's yeah. good to hear. Trying to get this hate maker stuff off the ground. So yeah. Uh, hit a few cool. snags along the way, but we got, uh, I'll be playing about 20 something minutes worth of material right now. We kind of want to keep writing though and get that momentum so we can pick and choose what we want. Kind of Hell yeah, get your shit lined up and then bring your boys on the show. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, once we get there, um, we have a track that's going to be released at some point. So, <laughs> well, when you're yeah. ready to release it, we'll put yeah. it on the show. Send it over, man. I'm excited. Yeah, I'll send it over to you guys, and then you guys can uh, critique and see if it's even worthy of sharing. <laughs> oh, you got to be like that. We'll share it. Uh, you're playing drums in that, right? Yeah. Um, although we've kind of been experimenting lately uh, to where I... Me and the guitar player may uh, be taking turns on different songs, uh, switching off instruments. That's cool. Like I said, it's kind of experimental at the moment. Um, yeah, but it's it's kind of cool and it's kind of interesting too. Just uh, the difference in the play style, um, especially sure. like the same genre, obviously, but uh, just the different qualities. Right. That, you know, everybody highlights yeah. things a little bit different compared to where I'm at with it. So, but yeah, it's been, been fun and. Fun. So. Everybody sees things differently through their lenses, and uh, you know, I, yeah. I could, Brad and uh, Brad and Calvin and I were having this discussion. It's like you know, you could take this approach like with with any song. You know, you might have a song in four four, and I'm I'm gonna do some of my signature chops, and then Calvin's gonna do some of his signature chops, and Brad's gonna do some of his signature chops. You know, but it's all still in four four, right? So yeah. you know, it doesn't make it wrong. It's just you have your your yeah. certain flair, right? For sure. Yeah. But that yeah, actually and, uh, applies to guitar, even. 
it's shameless plug. Uh, if there's any sweet bass players out there that are into like some metallic hardcore stuff, hit us up. Hell yeah. Are you still needing a bass player? Uh, yeah. It's kind of hard to find players for the genre that are familiar with it already. Um, yeah. So, and it's not that um, grooming and conditioning people is really a big issue. It's just, are they picking it up? You know, um, right? Do they want to do it? Or are they just, you know, are they just showing up? Whatever type thing. I yeah. mean, if, uh, any just like any group effort, um, it requires like a hundred percent from everybody. So, right. yeah, if your heart ain't in it, it ain't gonna happen. Right. Yeah. So, and. Yeah, so we just trying to move forward on that. Yeah, but. I think like some of the trappings that you fall into. I know, like any time that I was trying to get bands together too, it's like it seems like bass is the instrument that people want to play the least. And uh, I don't know if it's just because of like the flare, or they don't I feel like it's like it's. It has to be. Is it like an attention thing? You think? You think? Like, I think that's probably an element of that. Like, it is. Like yeah, you I, can really. If I, yeah. if I wasn't drumming right now, like I would love to fucking play bass. You know, like yeah, have big, I mean, fat, nasty, clanky, low end, like and just enjoy, like be able to have fun while you're playing, and it's just right, like right. any other instrument. Like, it's so important too. Like right. Yeah, having a good tight rhythm section in any band is uh, key to me liking them. I, I know that. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. You know, I've heard plenty of bands where the bass player just gets up and hits the root notes of whatever the guitar player is playing at the time, and that's yeah. just not my bag these days. You know, I just can't. Yeah, you, you with gotta, that. you gotta get the drummer and the bass player uh, basically on their own um, rhythm. It, it makes so adds so much more characteristic and quality to anything really yeah. that you're doing. So, think you've seen it all? Guess again. ATI Podcast presents. Your long tradition. See your Christmas traditionals in an all new light. Remember such hits as Rudolph the Hair-Lipped Reindeer. Or who could forget the classic Jingle Ball Rock. And Grandma Got Humped by a Reindeer. One could never forget Silver Balls. The one for the kids. Frosty the Blue Man. A heartfelt tradition. Last Christmas, I And who could ever forget? I saw mommy fucking Santa Claus. And you can't forget about the Christmas tree. Crack rocking around the Christmas tree. And how many days is it until Christmas? 69 days of Christmas. And we can't forget the jingles. Jingle ball, jingle ball. And who could ever forget that John Lennon classic? Happy Christmas, we're still going. Who could forget that Christmas classic from the King? Blue Ball Christmas. The amazing once-in-a-lifetime collaboration between David Bowie and Bing Crosby. Little common boy. And we can't leave Emmanuel out of the party. Oh, come, oh, come on me, Emmanuel. With just a few easy installments of 1999, three bank drafts and your social security number as well as your blood type, this brand new CD can be yours. The ATI Podcast presents Yule Law Traditions, 
just PayPal us directly at very insane. Shipping handling not included, $99.99 also must be included at the time of purchase. Order now while supplies last. Call 888-284-2868. That is 888-ATI-CUNT. 888-ATI-CUNT. I was going to say that was one thing, you know, I had like a newer experience in, uh, you so kindly came out to watch me record that part for the movie a few weeks back. And, um, you know, like we had an actual practice, like we were prepared to actually like play that thing live in front of everybody. Uh, it didn't really work out that way. You know, we had to play like a minimal volume for editing purposes, but like we were prepared to like rip it up there. Uh, we did get like one take that we did get to rip it, but like nobody was in there. And then, you know, then they brought in the crowd and then we didn't get to rip it, you know? So it was like, yeah, we like really, we, we practiced like really independently hard. And then like whenever we showed out at, uh, the shit, I can't even remember the name of it. I want to say Jupiter Studios. Is that sound right? Utopia. Utopia Studios. Utopia, Utopia. Studios. Yeah. Utopia Studios, uh, Brad had a rental space there. So uh, I ended up playing bass and, on that deal. And uh, that was one thing Brad and I, but I also think it's because like drums is my primary instrument. Because I kept telling Joey the whole time, Joey Rackavan, who's been on the show before, played guitar in this. I, I kept telling him like, hey man, I'm, I'm going to probably like, I'm going to learn what you're playing. So I know like what I'm playing is in key, but you know, my strikes, I'm going to be like syncopating with like what Brad does on the drums and with the bass. Like, you know, like yeah, the bass drum in particular. The bass know. and the drums have to complement each other. I said it's like other. more important to me to have that rhythm locked in than it is for me to be, and the, that I'm in key versus playing exactly what you're playing when you're playing. And I said that I don't know if that's something that you're accustomed to with other people you've played with on a string instrument. Because I've been in bands with Joey before, but I've always played drums. I've never played a stringed instrument with him. So, you know, he needs to know like where I'm coming from too. Like we practiced for like three hours and uh, a song that literally wasn't really written until the night before. Like we had that fucking thing down Yeah. and uh, Brad and I locked in immediately with like, you know, all right, we're going to do this like four on the floor part and I'm going to hit the bass drum at the same time, which is really funny is Joey can't like really play like in the back of the pocket as a guitar player. Cause right. he kept telling me is like, he's like, Hey, uh, I can't do what you guys are doing. Yeah, hey, and he was like, no, he was like, you guys can do that. It sounds awesome. Cause like I laid out on a part and it kind of goes like into this, like pretty cool, like uh pre-chorus thing. And so Joey was like, I, ca I can't play on the backbeat like you guys play. And I was like, you can't because you don't want to, or you literally cannot. Cause I didn't really understand what he meant by that statement. He was like, right. no, I, I can't. And I think it kind of goes like into like his OCD and stuff. But um, he's like, no, I just cannot like physically play that way. And it was like, oh, okay, well, that's something I did know having played with you so many times before, you know. But I was also, like, playing in, like, like heavy bands with, like, time signature changes and stuff with him. So, like, everything was pretty, you know, on beat for the most yeah. part. I could say that was one thing, too, with, like, the stuff that you guys had done in the past. Um, especially with the group that you had for a while, where everybody was on the same page. Like, everybody, everybody had their own... Um, rhythm that just matched really well uh just the way it was like written and everything so um that would be a great reason why uh, it would yeah. it would have been hard to notice at that time you know because 
you know, Joey was doing his thing, Ridge was doing his thing, you were doing your right. thing, you know. So you know, it's kind of hard to like capture um, that chemistry sometimes, and yeah, you got to go through some people. I've been fortunate enough to know a lot of people in my lifetime. I feel like, and I know you're like this too, Aaron, like you're pretty open to like trying anything, even if it doesn't work initially, you know, cause there's, there's things that people deal with like nerves and just the natural things of being a human. Right. right. That's challenging about like getting together and playing music uh, with new people. Uh, yeah. So, sometimes every, people every are like, you, meet somebody new, you know, sometimes people are really good musicians, but they just like the pressure of like being around new people and then if they've never like really played in front of people or they haven't played in front of a large amount of people, like all those things play a factor unless you've like actually crossed those hurdles. Yeah. Unless somebody's just like naturally, you know, not a person that's sh- shook in those scenarios. But I think like people will even find, even if they don't think that they are and they haven't experienced that stuff before that once they finally do, maybe they are you know, too. Oh yeah, I think as I've aged, my social anxiety has definitely gotten way worse. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you get stuck in your ways; it gets easier. Yeah, too. yeah. I think the older that you get, yeah. right? I have just tried to um, adopt. I don't know. I, I guess you could say I lie to myself all the time, and I'm just like, "This is a walk in the yeah. park." Like whatever the situation. Disassociation, is. man. Disassociation. Yeah, like yeah. fake it till you make it, kind of thing. So it's just like, yep. Um, and like you said, I've, I mean, within the last year, I've probably played with more new musicians, um, than I have in my life. And, uh, right. That's a whole, and I mean, you just gotta go in there and own it. You know, you just gotta worry about what you're doing. Like, and right. just go from there. And there are, like you said, there's, uh, there's a lot of times where there's natural chemistry between, uh, you and whoever, um, you're, playing with and and you and you almost could tell immediately um which is right such a blessing you know it's like you get like once you guys get going you're like all right this we already know like we're both right yeah. here we're like dick to dick nose to nose we got this right right right, right. um unfortunately like my guitar player now uh which he's uh it's so weird to think now uh but he's a younger cat he's about 10 years younger than i am and uh so early twenties, and uh, me and yeah. him just clicked so well. And it was like a, the first time we ever got together and started playing. It was almost just like like lightning immediately. It was just like, all right, like even if this doesn't work out, we we're gonna do stuff regardless. Like, so, yeah, um, yeah. But the whole uh, social anxiety that comes with um, putting yourself in uh, different environments. Uh, with new yes. people uh, is definitely uh, it's a feat and it's hard to and it's easy to lose yourself too you know or snowball or spiral whatever you want to call it uh, yes yes so I, there was one instance not too long ago where I was kind of I kind of felt that way in the moment because it was getting together with somebody who's like a very seasoned musician um, played for some bands that uh you Baird put me on to um, at a younger age, and I was I was real excited about it, and that and that's where I went wrong. <laughs> like I got excited, so uh, I get there sure. and I'm like, cool, I got this, whatever. And it turned out to be like this. I mean, this guy wasn't a hero, but there was kind of this whole like, don't meet your heroes type thing. Or it's like you have this respect for somebody that sure. you don't know, and then you like meet them in the. And then there's all of all of a sudden there's these expectations you didn't know existed, 
Right. And right. Uh, so then you really start tripping yourself out, which I don't handle that very well. I, I get mad about it. Um, yeah, <laughs> I hear that. So my, my reaction was, uh, you're not going to talk to me like that. I'm out. Like I'm leaving. I'm packing my shit up. <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah. So, uh, which, well, we I think kind of what you touch on. So. Yeah, I think what you're kind of hitting on is like respect, though, too. It's like right. regardless of, uh, there are, there are those in the music field, uh, and I definitely want to make this point, it, that there's a pompacity to them. Like, um, you know, like they, they have this thought of themselves, especially if they're really good or like skilled or a savant at their trade to where like the, the human end of it in uh, humility isn't a, a strong suit. They just like have this expectation of everybody else, even if they've met them off the street for the first time or they've, you know, they have credentials that they should be, they should know exactly what they're talking about. They should play the way that they expect them to play. It's like, you know, expectations go two ways, man. You know, you don't, and, and uh, regardless of how good of a musician you are, if you're a fucking dick, I don't want anything to do with you personally. That's me. Yeah, for sure, dude. Especially whenever it comes to, like, getting together with people, like, my intention is to have a good time. Like, we can yuck it up for yes. a minute, get to know each other a little bit, yes. and, like, we can jam, see if it's clicking or not. If not, like, right. let's figure out, if you know, if there's just something silly that's going on, or if there's, like, a uh, skill deficit between the two or whatever it is, like, and then move on from there. Right. But but then there's, like you said, people that uh, just have such, had already have a preconceived notion of uh, right how it should go. And if it's not going that way, then it's, then it's just bad. Like, whatever's happening right, right now is bad. And it's like, and I don't care who yeah. you are. Like anybody can have a one-time bad meeting, regardless of like how cool you ultimately might end up being with somebody. Like I'm not like really like first impressions are important, but I don't think it's fair to judge a person on a first impression either. You know, right, I think you have right. to kind of try and keep an open mind. Uh, the other po important point that I want to make with people that are often like the stereotype that we're talking about too is uh, they they often don't realize that there's always somebody out there better than them. And I did 100%. make it a comment about, you know, humility. And, and that's where that comment of humility, actually, I, I want to apply it, is the fact that, you know, you always have to realize that while somebody might not be where you perceive yourself, you know, on the, the scales of uh, music capability, it doesn't mean that they can't get there. You know, sometimes people have to play with people better than them to get better. You know, you, it's like the rising Dude, tides is, phenomenon. That's that a real my thing. Favorite. Yeah, I love I love yeah. that. Um, our friend Levi, um, who is uh, he has been on the show, obviously. Um, he's in uh, the band Paprika from New Orleans. Shout out uh, to the homies. Yep. That's one thing that I always like. I was like a really like uh, high on the list favorite for uh, mine and his relationship is his musicianship and his ability to adapt. Um, very, very quickly at that. Um, he's very confident in his music ability and how he plays. Um, he's obviously not pompous about it, but uh, anytime we'd get together and jam, uh, he would he would always, he always set this tone where I was just like, "All right, I can do that, and I can do it, and I got to do it better." It was never like, "Oh, I got to be better than Levi." It's like, 
all right, like he showed me, like I seen this in person and I know exactly what's happening. So like now I'm going to apply that to what I'm doing. And all right. that does is make whoever you are a better player, period. Like, right. so there's no, there's no like wrong, uh, meeting whenever it comes to playing with somebody else who's better than you. Uh, well, I was going to say, Levi is a guy too that is pretty like great at multiple instruments too. And I've never seen him mm-hmm. be like, addict to other people well unless they probably deserve it too <laughs> and so it kind of goes back to that comment we were making earlier yeah, yeah. and he seems like pretty like subtle if he's like not into whatever it is um, sure because we were going to start that cross band forever ago and like we just had a hard time get, keeping a drummer and um, I was like I can do it whatever so he I get behind the kit and he's like playing he's just like we get done with the song he's like yeah I'd probably just rather you have your vocals <laughs> yeah, heard like you don't gotta tell me again, whatever. I mean, I will say this one time I did end up playing. We were trying out this guitar player for one of my last bands, uh, and we had like a ton of people come through. And this one guy comes through, kind of an awkward guy, and he had this like kind of a silly setup. He had this like had this like it was like a one twelve or a two twelve or something, and we're like, I don't think this is gonna be really loud enough, you know, considering this dude's running for right. that. And this guy's got an eight right. ten, blah blah, whatever. And he's like running in like all of his effects and everything are through his laptop that he has like ran into his oh. uh little combo thing and I'm like Well, I mean all we can do is try, you know. Uh yeah. Turns out this dude yeah. fucking like wipes the floor with any fucking guitar player I've ever met. Like he was too, he was like too good for me to even be able to play with. Like <laughs> He's oh, like, oh, the timing's in, like, nine whatever, blah, blah, and I'm like, that's something, bud, but, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then, like, you turn around, and he gets on the drums, and is like, one of the best drummers I've ever heard in my entire life, and I'm like, the fuck is happening right now? And then he gets on the mic, and he's, like, one of the best vocalists, and I'm like, I don't know what's happening, and I don't like, like, this has got to be, like, one of those, like, punk things or something, like, I'm so confused right now, and yeah. like, why did you even come out here, like, <laughs> you know? Well, then, you know, you don't know what you're walking into sometimes, you know. Yeah. Right. But uh, that is funny that he came up with that. Yeah, like, I feel like I was a, he's like, you know what, I just feel like <laughs> making these guys like Chuck, you know. Was he like a decent dude, at least? Uh, he was very, very nice, very cordial, uh, okay. very humble. He, um, and even whenever it got to a point where it's just like, I can't keep up with this guy. And he's just like, yeah, she's like in this time. And I'm like, I'm trying, bud. Like. Um, it's like you play that yeah. timing, and then I'll just play my. I'll just try, dude. It's like, and yeah, like, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we're like, was this just you and him? It was me, him, uh, my buddy Sean. I want to say our bass player was there, or showed up at some point. But there was the three of us, and it just turned out to be a whole, like, even Deal. like, which our guitar player is the one that got him to come out in the first place, and then yeah. like, whenever a guy left, he's like. I fucking wish that I didn't do that. Like, like, he's like, now I feel really bad about my guitar ability. <laughs> he's like, he's like, now, dude, for real, like, he's so good, and I'm like, he really is, dude. Like, he's up there, like, he could be playing like Animals as Leader type shit, like, no problem. Nice, so, nice. Yeah, he's nice. very, very skilled. He's got a few bands uh, now. Um, Hyperiosol and I forget his. If I could, if I think of him, I'll shout him out later, but. They're out of like Kansas in the St. Louis area? Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, they are uh, all nuts because 
due to the monster and uh, if you're into like tech death and stuff, hit me up. I'll send yeah. it to him. He's he's a beast. So, so one thing I wanted to do with you, just out of curiosity, is kind of like what we do with some of our other guests, and that's like give you an opportunity to do some fantasy booking. And uh, let's say that you get the opportunity to book your own festival. Let's say it's Aaron Fast, and you get to have any four bands, any period of time, to play this festival. Uh, what four bands are you going with? If I get four bands any period of time, um, well, yeah, I guess it'll have to be kind of random because uh, there's just too many. You know? Right. Dream right. Fest. I may, yeah. I may, I may end up saying uh, bands that I've already seen, but uh, Black Sabbath for sure. Um, oh, like yeah. Ozzy Sabbath is like on there 100%. Like, I am still very sad that I wasn't able to catch their last tour release. <laughs> I really fucking love Gate Creeper, so they're just gonna have to go on there. Um, okay. Uh, they, you know, uh, if you guys aren't, or if there are people who are not familiar that are listening to them, uh, they're kind of a chill death metal band, almost stunner metal. Um, yeah, and they got that uh, sweet, like, chainsaw sounding guitar stuff going on. So, you got Sabbath, yeah. uh, Gate Creeper, Van Halen again. Like, yeah, love, lucky you. Love those videos. Yeah, I was, yeah. Fortunate enough to catch their last tour uh, with Eddie. Damn. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, we um, also got a very, got pretty lucky while we were there because we initially got the tickets shortly into their, like, Van Halen set. Uh, I forget who opened for them, but shortly into Van Halen set, um, these uh, two random guys walked up, asked my uh, friend John, like, hey, do you want these tickets? And he's like, no. And then I just, like, thought about it. I was like, I know that, like, Live Nation likes to go around during shows and, like, hand off stuff to people. So I was just like, I was like, sure, I'll take them. Whatever. And gave me two of them. So yeah. then uh, my friend ended up walking up to the gate, uh, at, you know, that separates the lawn from, like, the seating area. Um, and we're just like, hey, where are they? And she's like, go up to the next gate. And I was like, cool. We get there. And, like, the next gate's like, all right go up to the next gate, and I'm like, we're going to the floor. So we ended up getting, uh, I think we were fifth row. Um, oh, shit. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah man. Good. So I watched, I watched a good chunk of their set there, and then, um, I don't know, my empathy or sympathy or whatever kicked in. I'm not familiar with those things, so I'm trying to, you know. Uh, <laughs> so that, that kicked in, and I was just like, I should probably go, and uh, I was like, we should go back and like, let you know, uh, John and his brother, which they're, that made fucking old enough to be my dad. Uh, it's like, and that's like been his favorite band since they came out, this and that, whatever. So I was just like, eh, we might as well go back. We'll just give them the tickets so they can go finish off the set up there or whatever. So right. they went up right. there and enjoyed them for the rest of that. So yeah, Sabbath, Gay Creeper, uh, Van Halen. I'm trying to think of something that's like not metal related. That would be pretty cool. I've never seen an off-road minivan, but I would love to see them. Uh, that's not necessarily an all-time favorite, I guess, but they're like a, definitely a current favorite. If you're not familiar with yeah. them, they're kind of thrifish, uh on the indie spectrum there. Uh, but they, I really, lyrically, musically, uh, there's something about them that just like really resonates. Yeah. So currently, I mean, if you ask me tomorrow, I'll probably give you a different answer. <laughs> you know? <laughs> sure. That's the beauty about music. Man. Yeah, that, that's one yeah. of the more difficult questions. Like I, Ridge and I used to occasionally just 
in the late hours of the night, just randomly, like we would text each other like dream festival lineups. And it used to be like like four or five bands, and like we would just try to like book the perfect show for like whatever. When we would start with an idea, it's like let's do a bill with Converge, for example, and then we'd punch off all these bands would be awesome to see Converge with, you know, or and just just try to book like a dream ticket, you know, like almost like a Taste of Chaos type, where it, it's a festival, but not like too many bands, and there's only one stage, you know. So yeah, that was always fun. Yeah, four is definitely like pretty hard to like. Sure. Yeah, which for is sure. it's good. Uh, critical thinking, like challenge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How about let's let's talk about like bands that are on your bucket list that you haven't seen that you would you, obviously that are like feasible to still yet see. Right. So like, not, I guess you know, I'd be like, well, you have seen every time I die, but like a band that's broken up that probably ain't getting back together. I guess. We'll just like leave them off the list, like No Oasis or something like that. Those are easy examples to pull out of my mind. But uh, what are, what would you say is like maybe like four bands that are on your bucket list that like okay, I'm I'm gonna see these guys when I got the money, the dates work out, you know? Solely out of uh, I guess uh, sentimentality or uh, it, it's just like because there are like obviously obviously like especially anybody who's like super into music and or is like an concert goer is always like there's always like bands that you don't even have to think about they're just like there's a list like that you never made that is like i have to see them and it's not even at this point because like i still really listen to them frequently or anything but it's like right it's like almost like a period in your life um yes. and i know that it's, uh but like carnifex is one of those bands i don't I don't really listen to them anymore um as i kind of like moved away from the whole, like, deathcore thing. Uh, it's, you know, not terribly far, but I don't, it's, like, not necessarily, like, that's nothing I listen to on a day-to-day basis. But, like, they have always, like, they've been in bands that, like, I've known of them, and I'm like, they, this is a band that I need to see, and they don't fucking stop touring. It's just, I just never went to see them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So, uh, but, so, like, they're on there more of a just-because uh, listing. Right. Really want to see turnover. I never see them touring, I guess, or at least they never tour in the Midwest, so or that I'm aware of. Um, so, like, I would really love to see those guys. Um, that satisfies my more uh, apathetic side. Uh, so, um, yeah, yeah, Carnifex, turnover, then uh, band that I have not seen. I've been really good about seeing bands lately. So, yeah. Uh, never seen Sayosin. Um, okay. And they are one of those bands that's like, they may not be together, but they get together. Um, so yeah. they definitely fall in that category where there's like realistically. So I, I would think like to they're see supposed them. to be releasing a new album with Anthony Green sometime soon. Yeah. They and I recording at some point this yeah, year. Yeah. They're posting footage of recording too. I'm pretty sure. But yeah. not with Anthony. Cool. I think it was with Cove. But I, yeah, I think they're open to doing stuff with Cove still. Yet, um, I know that they just well, they did that album we saw. Yeah, what was that? Twenty six, which was unbelievable to see yeah. Anthony Green with Sayosin was unbelievable. Yeah, that was bucket list for me. Yeah. yeah, that was, that was pretty crazy. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's how I would prefer to see it for sure. Um, yeah, but yeah, they it would be. Yeah, I, I think it's the next time that they try that. There's a whole 
Like, if they do another run like that, I'll probably miss him regardless of who's yeah, the vocals for them. Um, just because that's another uh, nostalgic type thing there. Um, I don't know if uh, Postal Service is uh, coming for you, yeah. but they're coming. Yeah, that's a bucket yeah. list band for me, so I'm going to try like hell to see that one. So yeah. <laughs> I think it's a shame. Also, you're right? getting the Death Cab. Yeah, you're getting yeah. both, right? Yeah, like when my well, dad passed. like uh, Slowpulp. Is opening for them, which I highly recommend if you're if you like indie stuff and it's a chick lead singer. Yeah, she's got really great vocal melodies and uh, like really good. I know, man. She's got some of those uh, Lisa Simpson meme ones where it's like, "Play that song that hurts me." <laughs> I crank it, yeah, on the iPod. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, got some tracks like that, man. When like, my dad passed, I went really heavy into Death Cab, so that would be cool to see live too. Yeah, they're doing. I think it's translating. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or uh, or trans transcendentalism, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think it's the twenty year reunion tour. Transcendental, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tra- tra- I was well. We were just talking about seances, so I was thinking translating the name, but it's it's yeah. not that. It, it's uh, transcendentalism, I believe. Yeah, something weird. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's um, a good one. so I said Carnifex, Turnover, and Seosin. So then, uh, right, Mastodon. I haven't seen them yet. Surprisingly, really? like even to myself, I've not seen Mastodon. I really wanted I've to go check them in Gojira when they came uh, yeah. last month, I think it was, or at the factory, or the old rock house, I think. One of the two, but uh, yeah, I'd, I'd really like to see Mastodon. Um, yeah. It'd be really cool to see them do like a Leviathan. Um, yeah, for sure. Like special or whatever you want to call it. That might be a, yeah, uh, like yeah. a. A possible, a real possibility because right. that should be coming up on a anniversary before long. Fucking twentieth anniversary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I believe so because I think that came out like oh five. I mean, I'm just doing this from memory, remember, so yeah. I would say I remember being pretty young whenever like um, Tusk was like yeah. being played and whatnot. Playing. Is that the same album? No, it's been like my anyway. senior year. Anyway, yeah, I think so. Right. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, I have seen Mastodon. I, Blood I will Thunder. say I've seen... Blood Thunder is what I was thinking of, because they had the Carnival. Oh, that was... Uh, yeah, that was after uh, the Leviathan album, I think. Okay. I yeah, think. Okay. But yeah. not too long after. But Either an yeah. album or two later. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's my four off the top of my head. Well, I saw them with Converge, High on Fire, and Death Clock. Death Clock, yeah. I was yeah. so sad that I didn't get to go. You and Ridge went to that, didn't you? Yeah, me, Ridge, Levi, uh, Pam. I, for some reason, I re- thought you went with us. I believe yeah, one other person went with us, but I cannot remember who. It was the full was Death Clock get up? Like, was yeah. it all of them? With Brendan was there and no. everybody? How they do it is they put, like, a screen up in front of them. Right, and they like put the animations yeah. up in them. But yeah, but I think like the drummer from Death Clock is like the drummer for Testament. I can't think of that guy's name. Um, the hero. I, oh, that's who it is. Yeah. I don't know who was on that tour from memory now. Yeah, because he's had different people play with it was him, like, but yeah. He was a, with a beard. Uh, probably with the dude from Death Hero. I did not see who, because again, the screen was right. in. Yeah. Like kind of like how the that's gorillas interesting. That's interesting because whenever I seen them at uh, the pageant, they had the Titan Tron behind them, and then everybody in front of it or whatever. But that might just be how it's set up there, you know? Yeah, this this was at the pageant when I saw them. Um, okay, so they just ended up switching it up, then I guess. Yeah, but, and I might be misremembering it because we didn't stay for the full set 
uh, something happened where we we had to leave in the middle of them for some Mermaider. reason. I don't remember did, what was going down. Some dude, shit. They were so good. I, oh, I want to say Levi was got too drunk and was about to get in a fight, and Ridge was freaking out or something. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what happened, but I could be wrong. That wouldn't be surprising. Levi's yeah. like, I'm getting wasted and converged. Somebody getting knocked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, High on Fire played first, then Converge, which that is the weirdest place I've yeah, seen. Yeah, that I mean, makes I've seen sense. Converge so many places, and uh, that was definitely the weirdest <laughs> I had ever seen them anywhere. I don't think it was the first time I saw them, but now I'm having trouble. I know I've seen them at least three times, if not four. Uh, they played at Fubar, which was the best time. Well, no, I take that back. Exit in. We road trip me, Levi, Ridge, and a chick that Ridge used to work with. We road tripped on election night in 2012, and I wore my eat shit mitt shirt. And Jacob Bannon kept looking at me because I think he thought I had like a pro Mitt Romney shirt on, but it was like a Spencer's buy that was like it said eat shit mitt across the top of it, and I had like a flannel over it. And I like I was like I kind of pulled it back a little bit just because it was like I hope he doesn't think like I'm supporting Mitt Romney right now. <laughs> And he's gonna punch me in the face at some point, <laughs> you know. But uh, at you. yeah, that that was that was the best that was the best I'd seen them. But uh, it was at that exit in uh, venue that they had in Nashville. I believe they closed their doors. Something else may have reopened in its place now. But uh, I saw them with Torch, uh, right. Kevlar Tech, um, Whips and Chains, which was the dude from Coliseum, and. Which they were loud as fuck. I feel like there was one other band, maybe I'm forgetting, but Torch was. Oh, I'm so glad I caught, I got them. That's the one and only time I've seen them, and I'm so glad that I saw them. Yeah, I forgot. Before about they broke them. up. Yeah, yeah, they just broke up here recently in the last year or so. Um, they put out that one last single together. I was gonna say you were talking about Converge, and just made me think of a kind of chaotic uh, situation, and. Uh, it just made me just the fact that we're all three here, um, just missing Dustin. But uh, we went to that uh, chariot show at the Creepy oh, yeah. Crawl Two, I think it was. Yeah, um, rode up in Josh's fucking beater with no struts in the back. And yeah, three. Yeah, and I think I like had a, I had like a, yeah, yeah. No, I had like a hanger for the door handle because my my door handle was broke on the door. So I had like a hanger down on the door that you had to pull to open the driver's door. But yeah, yeah that, that car was a piece of shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and my dad still wanted that thing back when I was done with it, and I destroyed <laughs> that thing. That's hilarious. I mean, it anyway, worked. It worked. You know, made it there. Yeah, back. yeah. You uh, that show little, was crazy. You yeah. got a little action up there. I know you got up on stage and yelled it in the mic with Josh. Yeah, that's dreamy. Stuff. Body surfing and. Yeah, I was in the crowd getting, was basically crowd killing with, when I yeah. didn't really have any business crowd killing at 120 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, and uh, it was not the crowd for that either. Um, this fat guy in a It was a weird. Snatched me up by my uh, belt waist and my shirt and just chucked me up on top of everybody and so that's how I ended up on stage. I vividly remember um, my feet were going first towards the stage, and uh, I forget the name of the for convert the red holy guy. The chair. Yeah, or, yeah, the chair. Yeah. Uh, 
but he came up uh, front at the time, and I was like up on the monitor, and whenever I came down, I could feel my feet, like the back of my heels, like snagging strings. So I just immediately just like tucked backwards and basically just like landed on my head or whatever. Uh, <laughs> Jock was nice enough to be like, come on, dude. So, yeah. Got to be at there first yeah. second because he was a nice guy. So. I'll never yeah, forget that show, him. man. Yeah, that yeah, was a weird I, show with all the bands they played with, though. Like, they played with, like, Sky Eats Airplane. Remember, yeah. it, was there, like, an band. 80s, like, hair metal-looking band that played, too, yeah. or something? Remember, yeah. like, there was girls? Oh, no, that was Sky Eats Airplane, well, where the they, girl was grabbing the, the guy. Hair, yeah, was grabbing yeah, his yeah. dick the whole time. Underage girls like, feeling up on this. Is, the, yeah, not okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was super uncomfortable at that point. I'm just like, what is happening? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. This guy is yeah. a I forgot all about that. Yeah, he was. I, I wanted to by. bring it up, but I didn't. Jack went there, so. <laughs> yeah, I had to, man, because I'll never forget. That and, and this is how the Me Too ha- movement happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember they ended up like canceling their set early because, or quitting their set early because they were like pissed off because like there was some kind of like it, issue yeah. with communication between the hospital. Yes. Yes. It was like 90% of their fucking music anyway. Right. Yeah. It's all programmed, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. So I remember them being, you know, it was just like a very, kind of like a rock Dicks. star attitude thing going on there. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Like, well, one of those still, bands. Uh, you guys still think you're better than the are for a fucking MySpace band. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. They were one of those like pop up MySpace bands there for, you know, we could probably bunch off a ton of them, but. Yeah, they were. They were I will say them. though, the chariot came and brought that shit after all. Oh yeah, come dude, on. that place oh, yeah, was dude. fucking nuts. Dude, they were <laughs> fucking that place up. The bass player. They were tearing that place up. Yeah, pulling it down by the bass string, like the bass plug and everything. It's like Jesus, dude. Yeah, the drummer starts just yeah. wrecking the place. The only it's band good. that I ever saw even get close to that was Dillinger. And was I've that when they them. pushed the stack on the guy? Yeah, they threw a fucking stack out in the crowd. <laughs> that guy sued the shit out of him. Yeah, right too. And fucking um, at uh, it was Thursday's farewell tour that didn't end up being their farewell tour. Back in uh, I guess it was twenty ten ish. I want to say at Pops, and Greg got up in the fucking the the actual rafters and was hanging upside down and like pulling on the rafters like the lighting rigs and shit. And uh, fucking Ben like threw his guitar up. And uh, Liam was the is the bassist was at the time, and I think he like took his bass and knocked it knocked down his stack. Billy Raymar was playing drums at the time. This is when Chris Penny was in, I believe, still yet in Coed and Cambria for that brief mm-hmm. run, and uh, they were all just going absolutely nuts while Billy just kept playing the drums the whole time. <laughs> they were just fucking destroyed that fucking place, and I think they got banned. From Pops, but there's Pops is under new like management and shit right. now, so I'm sure yeah. they're probably yeah. to come back. Bands like that don't come around St. Louis anymore. Not so. a lot, no, not a lot, unfortunately. But yeah, let's say we missed out on so many good shows. Better Lovers is coming yes. April 19th off Broadway, and I yeah, will be there. Space Cowboy, Grey Haven, yep. and uh, yep. I forget the fourth one, but. I really, like, I don't listen to a lot of Greyhaven, um, but from what I've listened to, I feel like they'd be pretty sick to see live. So. I mean, I'm not, like, the biggest CU Space Cowboy fan, personally, although it's not, like, I dislike what they're doing. Like, I kind of somewhat resp- It's kind of like, uh, like, the early from first to last stuff is what it kind of made me think of initially when I heard it. 
I know it, it kind of goes into other Terry's musically that it, that that doesn't, but I, say, I, I don't really know that stuff. I, say, I don't really know a lot about them. I um, I thought that they were like some kind of like massacre ran or something. From how how I came to them was actually uh, you know like the two minutes to late night covers that they do, like the hardcore summers that they do, and they had the guy from uh, well I'm not sure what that person identifies as, but the lead vocalist from CU Space Cowboy does vocals on uh what did they cover now on the song that he that they were on i cannot remember now for the life of me no and i was like thoroughly impressed with the vocal performance i'm like i need to check out what band this person's in and i was like not that bad reminds me of early from first to last but then i didn't ever go listen to anything else until i think they put out a new single this year and i did listen to that and i was like it's all right it's kind of like i would say like more so the the genre that they live in is kind of like the calistea boys I don't know if you're like into them or listen to them, Aaron. Yeah, I do. Like uh, them, I'm pretty familiar with them. I actually learned from them through the Mathcore Index, like, uh, yeah. Um, right. Yeah. So I like caught them. I was like, oh, violin and some chaotic music. It's like all these <laughs> right. guys look like they probably run an insurance company together. I'm with it, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> the first I saw of them was they played some like book place like a small show like uh, this video kind of went viral for what those bands can do virally i guess uh but it was like they were doing a cover of deftones but the lead vocalist like the crowd had taken him and was making him body surf across the top of them in this like small like bookstore and i was like holy fuck man like that is amazing like i need to i need to play shows like this yeah i i really like that guy's vocal I do I too. Really he can do cover. everything. Yeah, he sings incredibly well, um, and yeah, he's got great range whenever it comes to all the yep. screaming and hollering stuff. So they kind of do the melodramatic thing sometimes, uh, like vocally. I think that that some that might turn away some like heavy music fans, but I just like appreciate mm-hmm. the talent, even if it's not. I'm not saying like 100 percent of the time they're playing stuff that I'm like, oh, I love that part, but I'm I find myself impressed with those parts that I may not land with me as much though too so it keeps me engaged in exchange and i i mean i like them i was disappointed i missed them they played off broadway this year and that was that was one of the shows i really wanted to go to that i had to kind of like pick my poison on uh because i could only go to like a select few shows this year and yeah some of them were like really tightly packed and next to each other and i was fortunate enough to knock out like bucket list bands for me as far as like newer bands that i wanted to see so this year and I got to see Chatpile, which was a must for me. And, uh, you know, I got to see Portray of Yilt, which was another must for me. So I was pretty happy about that. And seeing Portray of Yilt, like, on the Fall of Troy 20th anniversary reunion uh, as well was kind of odd, an odd pairing. Yeah, I hate that I missed that because that was such a big band for me. I'm so glad they're still doing it. Fall of Troy. Yeah, yeah. Which is uh, the original Creepy Me and Aaron. And Ridge snuck out to a show right, up there. We yeah. told uh, we told our parents we were going to stay the night at Ridge's house, and we drove up to the Creepy Hall <laughs> and uh, watched. Time to an action on the way back, and then staying in Jerry's. Or, no, that, that was, was a different uh, show. That was the Cody Cambry at the pageant. Yeah, it was snowy, wasn't it? That was yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was like two feet of snow. Fucking. I remember when that. We went happened. in, and like they weren't really calling for. They're like, "Oh, there's going to be hazardous conditions when you come out. Maybe like two inches of snow. We get out. There's like eighteen inches. 
Yeah. Fuck. I remember the old guy getting out of, like, the guy that, like, drifted. Because the guy preferred drifting into the lane and, like, right. flipped the front passenger quarter panel. And, like, the next thing you know, he's, like, sliding all over the place. And so now we, obviously, were fortunate enough to be just to stop in the middle of the road. And I think we got sideways for a second and then pretty much all that We did a full that. 360 and then kind of slid. But, okay. like, when we did the 360, we got... We were like back in the direction that we needed to be in. Because okay, I think <laughs> nice. that I was like, I think I was like laying down the back of the time or something yes. of that nature. Yeah. But like, I remember like setting up, and then it was like, oh, there, here comes this white car. And then, uh, but I just remember they had like, it was just like such a cliche, like old person wreck thing. He's like, yes, oh, like, oh, like just so like. Just in utter confusion and chaos, and it was like you hit me, you hit me, and Denver's like, no, you like literally drifted into this dude. It's like nobody's fault, really. Like, right. like, and then he like is open up all these, open up all the doors for God knows what reason. All these papers are like flying out of his feet, and he like the one thing he grabs is a fucking trumpet case <laughs> out of the back. Yeah. Seat. And just like, yeah. I don't know what's happening anymore. <laughs> like, people, man. He was coming back from a gig, and I think he was drunk. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was. Because yeah. I was, uh, like, dealing with him and interfacing with him mostly. And he was, mm-hmm. like, trying to blame me for what happened. I'm like, no, man, you drifted into me. And then the police right. got there, and I heard him, like, making his case to the police. And I'm like, no, that's not what happened, man. I was like, all you have to do is go back and trace the, the tracks. The police didn't give a fuck any which way, and they didn't, like, breathalyze him or anything. Yeah. Either. Yeah. You just knew that so they were probably, like, knee-deep and people in accident. They Small definitely were. Time. And they're like, um, just get the fuck on. Yeah, <laughs> Basically. Like, Dude, shut the fuck up. Like, get your insurances and deal with it later. Yeah. yeah. We had a crash in that Joey's house after that. Um, you brought up the Fall of Troy stuff, though, and then the Creepy Crawl. Um, that was probably my first like real. I don't. I don't say real show, but like not local show, which right. ended up being um, Fall of Troy, heavy, 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 low, yeah, heavy, heavy, low, low, and number twelve looks like you. I don't remember if there's another Incredible. band that opened up before them. Genghis but... Tron. No shit. Oh shit. Okay. Genghis Tron was yeah, there too. I, I'm pretty sure. I totally spaced on that, or because I remember him having the laptop out. That's the only reason I remember they okay. were there. Yeah, oh, I was show. like oblivious for all these years to even who opened because I couldn't recall. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. but I uh, think number twelve like played us. first or heavy heavy low low. Uh, the the subhead was Genghis Tron. Genghis Tron played right before Fall of Troy. Fall of Troy headline. Yeah, number I twelve played first, season. then heavy heavy low low played. Yeah. Um, to uh, cat heavy or Fall of Troy again together. Uh, and, uh, where, where was that? The uh, the ready room? Was it them and Glassjaw? Uh, no, they didn't play that show. Um, goddamn, who played it? Honestly, I don't think I was familiar with either of the bands that opened. Busted um, Sloth. Uh, oh, that that maybe that was the chick guitar player. She raised because everybody's like, "Oh, she's so hot!" And if you raised her arm, had like all hair underneath her arm, and you could just hear the whole crowd was like, "Oh." Yeah, there was uh yeah. there was another band that played that show that was funny enough because uh well no this was the Sayers and show now so I'm misremembering that there was a band I know that uh 
Devin, who I work with, he had mentioned to me, he's like, oh, why does this band name sound familiar? Because we were like looking up shows that were coming up. I was like, is that not the band that opened for Seosin? And I, I don't know why I just randomly remembered that that was the case because I'd never listened to the band before. Yeah, they were like young since. guys too, weren't they? Yeah. And he was like, you know what? I think you might be right. We went back and looked because, you know, modern advances, you're able to Google shit like from this date back to this Seosin 2016 or 2017 tour. And we looked it up and St. Louis Ready Room and we looked up the bill and yep, sure enough, it was the same band. Yeah. Somehow that was in there and it, it came out whenever they were, <laughs> we okay. were looking at shit. They weren't really my thing, but they were I didn't okay. care for anybody other than Seosin <laughs> on the show. I, I seem to remember yeah, that being I the case at the glass show at- too. Yeah, I swore that you were at that uh, Fall of Toronto show that um, when they last yeah, came I, through. I only saw I them last, but, yeah. that first time at Creepy Crawl, and then I just saw them in the spring. That's the only two times I've ever I've seen them. I've never seen them. They're incredible three-piece, though. So. Oh, yeah, and they had the uh, original bassist back with them, too. Oh, the little short yeah. blonde hair guy? Yeah, yeah, he's really good. Yeah, Red Mustache. Um, mm-hmm. Whenever I see them, too, they were he was playing with them. Uh, actually, I think, I want to say Patrick or Nathan Tripp may have went to that one with me, or not, I don't know, I met everybody there, basically, you know, right. but, yeah, right. um, yeah, they, that, that show pretty much ended, like, the first time we seen them together, so it's just like, I, yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna go see these guys anymore, I just ended up, they like, their music's great and all that stuff, but obviously uh, individuals have their own issues, and sometimes that comes right. out in public settings whenever it's least convenient for everybody else. So. Right, um, right. But it happened to be uh, Dude's birthday, um, the singer-guitar player. Um, oh, really? Yeah, it was his birthday, and he got pretty wasted um, prior. <laughs> which, yeah. They had a tour, they had a fill-in drummer for the tour. Um, and about midway through the set, uh, he was um, suggesting that they change songs around in the set and playing different songs. And the, you could tell the drummer was like pretty uncomfortable with it. And then the bass player was like, "Probably shouldn't do that." Like you could hear them because it was like quiet. Yeah. It was like uh, um, like right like in church, like in church. Dude, it was like so quiet. And you could hear everybody talking. And like bass player, like, yeah. probably shouldn't do that. It's like he's like. Come on, we can fucking do it. I think just like it's really, that. he's like you got this kind of thing. They're like, no, like let's just play the set. And he's like, well, it's a bunch of fucking right. pussies. Like, aren't these guys about their fucking pussies? Like, just yeah, just yeah. talking, <laughs> yeah, just talking all this shit. And it was, it was yeah. a spectacle for sure. Like they still feel it. Like dude's still such an amazing musician. You know, pretty simply a comedy. Oh, yeah. Things didn't really play out how we wanted them to. Uh, Brian, if you're watching, are you? You catch this piece of the programming. Uh, this this was your surprise, Aaron. Surprise! I'm going to tell you that he's going to be on the show. So surprise now, sunrise. Uh, but yeah. sunrise, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I appreciate you John, hopping on. Yeah, you at the last minute, man, and dropping it up, up with us. And uh, hopefully, we entertained the mass. Entertain the masses still yet for anybody who caught the live feed this evening. So we appreciate you helping out. Yeah, bro. FYI, Brian, if you're listening, uh, don't think that my only fond memories are of you punching people. Um, because, uh, <laughs> a lot of them uh, I say, yeah, they're, they're up there, but I definitely still <laughs> reminisce on 
when we were going to be break dancers or we were going to group um, and uh, you know messing around with like zip zacks or making random miniature weapons out of household items and taking the school and getting in trouble for it just all that goofy shit playing basketball and whatnot, yeah. so clowning being kids yeah. being friends having having the hangs yeah <laughs> Spotify for podcasters. This is Antonio. How can I help you? Oh, hi there, Antonio. This is Dolores Longbottom. I was just calling in to make a complaint about a particular podcast. Um, it's actually called the ATI Podcast. And, well, and it's something specific within the ATI Podcast. It's not the ATI Podcast itself. It's a little sub show they have called Adol's End or Adol's End or something like that. It's just like really sacrilegious little podcast number where he gets on there and talks about all these little miniatures that he makes over on Instagram. He posts the pictures up on Instagram, but yeah, it looks like little bleeding penises and pussies with eyes and, you know, uh, bats with giant dildos hanging off of them and, you know, little little people hanging on crosses and it's just not right you know Antonio I just I just been a good Christian woman my whole life and I just I come across this filth on the internet and I just feel like the good Lord wants me to do something about it okay ma'am let me make sure I've got this right you you witnessed uh some like dil- dildos is that what you called them dildos yeah it was like this little bat hanging upside down and it looked like it had a little dildo hanging off of it or something it looked like a little purple penis with weird balls or something well you understand the concept of a podcast is that it's like actually like audio stuff so like where are you actually witnessing this at like how do you how do you get the visual Oh, well, every time I listen to these guys talk about their floor and filth, they tell me to get on the Instagram and look, and I got on this Edol guy. I think his name's not Narb or some fucking weird shit. I don't know. He's talking about putting holes in his body or something. Oh, boy. Anyway, he always tells me to get on the Instagram and check out his pictures, and I just I just can't believe my eyes when I get on there and look at all these pictures. It's so sacrilegious. This Brandon guy needs a lot of help. He may be mentally disturbed. Well, man. I can't speak for what the content is on his Instagram page, and we just support, we're just a hosting service for podcasts, so, I mean, and we do support and protect the right to free speech, so anything that you're talking about really doesn't fall in those guidelines, and I'm, I'm really not sure that I can help you, maybe, maybe report it on Instagram, I, I'm really at a loss on how to help you, ma'am. Well, Antonio, you sound like a sweetheart, and I know that you're trying your best, and I think you're a good Christian boy, and you understand, and that's okay, dear, and I will take my complaints to Instagram, but I just wanted to make the good people of Spotify aware what kind of nasty and vile information this guy's putting out on the internet. Well, we we appreciate your call and your concern, ma'am. Again, unfortunately, it's not something in our wheelhouse that I can help you with today. Is there anything else I can help you with? Well, I haven't had sex in about 23 years, and there's a few cobwebs, so if you're looking to clean me out, I can sure use you, Antonio. <coughs> Fuck this. I'm, I'm quitting this job. Level 
This is Barrett from the ATI Podcast. Each week, Josh and I discuss current events, pop culture, music, TV, movies, politics, sports. Nothing is out of bounds. You can also tune in to learn about rising artists, small businesses, whether it's music, graphic design, filmmaking, or even a brick-and-mortar mom-and-pop shop. We will be spotlighting folks and their endeavors. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Anchor, or anywhere you enjoy your podcasts. Just search ATI Podcasts. We would like to thank you for your continued support. And as always, please stay safe out there. Hey, this is Josh from ATI Podcast. For show updates and news about the podcast, follow us on social media. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast 22 on Twitter at podcast underscore ATI, on Instagram at the ATI Podcast, on TikTok at ATI Podcast. DMs are always welcome. Have a question for the show? You can always email us at atipodcastquestions at gmail.com. Stay safe out there. Hey guys, this is Jake from Waxing On With RJ. And this is Rich Jackson with Waxing On With RJ. And we're here to tell you about our show. We want you guys to catch Waxing On. You can be found exclusively on the ATI Podcast channel. Uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of cool artists out there. You know, support the band, support the artists. You know, just just wanted to say, you know, a lot of the bands that I pick are going to be things like, you know, you're going to find more more hooks than a tackle box in there, you know. And, uh, but, you know, my brother Ridge here, you know, we like some of the same things, but sometimes he likes something different, right? Right, Ridge? Yeah, I mean, I like a lot of the hooks in your tackle box, but, you know, some of them aren't for me, but they all look pretty good. Yeah, so, you know, I think we got, we're going to have a little bit of everything for everybody, you know, and that's what this, this show is going to be about. And we're going to be supporting, you know, like artists and stuff and like physical media and we're going to get their names out there and, you know, we're going to like promote artists and like give them like all your money and everything, you know? Yeah, like, I already spent so much money on vinyl, but I'm going to give them even more. Yeah, and, you know, hey, it doesn't even have to be vinyl, you know, like, we're talking about everything. We're talking about tapes, we're talking about CDs, and, you know, and, uh, you know, once I get a few more, like, Bud Light seltzers in me, you know, I might might talk about what I might do with my finger in my... I'll sit here and watch you while I drink this beer. Yeah, so, like, my brother Rich here, you know, like, you know, you like you probably, like, live in, like, you know, the, the, the death court type stuff, you know, a little bit more so, and then... You know, I, you know, I like I like all kinds of music. I like I like pop punk, and you know, you guys you guys are gonna get a little bit of everything. You know, like doesn't matter your brand of ice cream. We got it. We got it here on this show. Yeah, that's what's cool here is like I like what I like, and he likes what he likes, and like I respect what he likes, but I, what I like is really cool. But like what he likes is cool too. So we're gonna talk about it. Yeah, and you know, there's people out there that's gonna probably hear some of these bands. Like yeah, you probably heard of some of them. You know, like we, we love Kiss, right? Like you know, like everybody knows Kiss, but like. Now everybody knows about Code Orange, even though I talk about them on every show. So I'm gonna keep talking about them. You gotta, you gotta love Code Orange. Yeah, I mean they're not really my thing, but you know they're good. I definitely respect them. They're good musicians, you know. Like well, I listen to them, but yeah. I mean, you liked them before they were cool to like, though, too, right? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it took, yeah, you know, once they started getting a few plays. When they were like Code Orange kids. Right, but, right, yeah. right. But but now like they're they're too good to be kids. Right. Yeah, they're not kids. They grown up. They're just like 50, and they need to. Yeah. So be sure to follow us on Instagram at WaxingRJ, and you guys can see our weekly picks. Now, we just put up a few selections from our show, you know, because we just want to give give away everything, you know. 
But you got to really check us out. And we're found exclusively on the ATI Podcast YouTube channel. And you guys can see us there. And yeah, man, thanks for thanks for checking us out. And uh, you know, you might like us. Yeah, and stay tuned, man. We got a lot of cool stuff coming out.